This is Fearless Beauties, a podcast dedicated to developing voices of color in the beauty industry. We are talking to estheticians, skin specialists, and business owners to uncover best skin practices, tactical career tips, and ultimately, how we can create a better beauty industry together. I'm your host, Taylor Phillip. And I'm your other co-host, Alina Velez. Welcome to the latest episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Welcome to season two, episode 10 of the Fearless Beauties podcast titled Breaking the Bank for Beauty. Breaking the bank. We don't want to do that. We don't want to break the bank. (laughs) No, I mean, I feel like even if we have the money to break the bank, we still don't want to break the bank. True, true. In my opinion. I agree. Like I could have the money, but I don't want to. Exactly. I can stick to my, you know, products that work for my skin. So let's just go ahead and get on into it. I actually want to ask you a question. So when it comes to your like personal decisions on whether to buy skincare or makeup, do you usually go for high end, well, more expensive or, you know, more on the cheaper side? Yeah, that's a good question. So I feel like since I'm, you know, in the aesthetic industry and I'm working more with medical grade products, I'm definitely more um, on that route. But then still, I'm definitely not gravitated to the most expensive item, you know, like there's some people who are like, yeah. "Ooh, I want to try the most expensive item of, you know, like, for instance, um, La Mer, which actually, side note, um, fun fact about me, I managed a cosmetic counter um, for five years, Longcomb. And so oh. I worked closely mm-hmm. with a lot of the, a lot of these brands, you know, in retail. But anyways, La Mer, for instance... Um, really expensive, high-end luxury brand. To give you a price point, their 3.4 ounce, which is pretty standard, moisturizer, $545. (laughs) I didn't hear you correctly. Can you repeat this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you heard it right. $545 (laughs) for a 3.4 ounce. I've tried it. It's good stuff, but I do think that there's, you've got to decipher between like the more medical skincare, which is going to be more pure ingredients versus, you know, just uh, over-the-counter stuff. Yeah. And I feel like the fact that you had to say, it's great, but, like, I don't want to have any type of butts if I'm buying half a thousand dollar product. Well, and it was only great because I got to try it for free. So let me just keep it real. (laughs) Yeah. So I wonder those consumers who purchase that, I, I'm wondering what their buying decision is. Yeah. So for for me, I tend to gravitate more towards lower end products. And sure. it's not just because I'm frugal or cheap. I just, it's what works for me. I have seen like Maybelline for makeup. I use all Maybelline makeup and you know, mm-hmm. their stuff is like, 30 or less, maybe even 20 or less. And it works mm-hmm. for me. I don't break out from Maybelline products. I tried Fenty. It works for me. But I also tried Estee Lauder where their foundation was like $60 and yeah. it was a no-go. You know, and it's like that sometimes. Right. The more expensive doesn't mean that it's better, in my opinion. Um, I think that if you're somebody who struggles, you know, if you're struggling with acne or 
scarring or, you know, pigmentation or um, particular concerns and what your work, what you're trying isn't working, I, I do think you should see a licensed professional. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool devices out there, too. Um, we have one at the school. It's a device that uses, it can see basically the damage below your skin that the naked eye can't see. And I think that it's super cool because, you know, you might not know, you don't know what you don't know, right? If you could go to a professional and they could do this skin analysis on you, then you really know what your skin needs and preventative methods, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would feel like more for those preventative methods, like acne scarring, hyperpigmentation, would you think that medical grade products are like the best for that or natural products? I do feel like medical grade been tested a lot. Like I said, more pure ingredients, less fillers that could potentially um, contribute to the issue. Overall, see a professional for sure and get some some medical grade products. Yeah, no, I agree because the articles I read in preparation for this episode, it all came down to acid dermatologist or esthetician and not all dermatologists and estheticians are going to recommend expensive products. They're just going to recommend products that work for you. It could be $20, $30, $40, or it could be 100 120 But like you mentioned, a thorough skin analysis. Like some products are going to do good for hyperpigmentation. Some are going to do good for acne scarring or, you know, I'm not an esthetician, so... I think that it might seem like a little bit of an investment in the beginning, but in the long run, instead of trying, you know, product after product that's not working and not working, you're probably going to end up spending more money going that route than getting to a professional and getting a skin analysis. Um, Because a lot of things can environmentally, you know, genetically can contribute to skin issues. So, yeah, seeing a professional. So speaking of environmentally, I read an article that said that like where you live can affect your skin. So even going to a dermatologist for that say, I don't know why my skin's so dry. I know I live in like a dry climate, but do you have any products that will work for this? Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, if you live in like a rainy climate. <laughs> totally. This person could also be like over exfoliating or, you know, using products that are combating the good, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, a good professional will gather information from the person or from the client and get the full story and really understand the person and their lifestyle and, you know, what could, you know, what's their work environment like? What's their home like? Like, are they, do they always have the, the heat or air conditioning going? You know, little things like that. You'd be surprised that can really contribute to skin conditions. It's very complex. That that's what I've learned. <laughs> totally. It's fun as a <laughs> as an advanced esthetician. It is so fun. Um, no case is ever the same. And I love it. I love kind of being a mad scientist and, <laughs> you know, helping somebody mm-hmm. solve their solve their issues. So what I was thinking we could get into was um, talking about the 10 most expensive beauty or skincare brands out there. So I did a lot of research. So and I thought it was very interesting because half of the names on that list I never even heard of. So yeah, I did some research too. And it's been it's been interesting. But yeah, definitely one of them on there was Lemaire and Estee Lauder, which we both talked about. 
what else did you what else did mm-hmm. you find taylor uh, the number one most expensive I, I would like to start with that was chanel and honestly i wasn't shocked i have never used a chanel product in all my life whether it's perfume jewelry shoes bags like i've never purchased anything chanel but I know my mom has like their number five perfume, which is pretty popular, but I've never even tried it. But yeah, Chanel, like even down to the skincare and makeup is the most expensive. Their revitalizing serum is $160. Wow. Which is crazy in my opinion. But then you talked about Le Mer earlier saying that it was $545 for a 3.4 ounce bottle Right. And I'm like, that seems a little bit more expensive than Chanel. But, you know, that's just me. Well, and it ranges. They've got smaller sizes on there, too. But, I mean, 160 bucks. that's not bad. Is that how much you said, 160 Yeah, but it's a 0.5-ounce bottle. Oh. <laughs> Teeny. Just a little thing. Yeah, I didn't mention that part. Like, it's it's barely anything. and I was thinking to myself like why are their products so expensive like what makes them able to charge that much yeah I couldn't figure it out like is it the name I feel like um there's so many people that are loyal to these brands like I remember growing up and my Grammy had a lot of Lancome and Estee Lauder and things like that and so I grew up seeing that. So anyways, flash forward and now I'm working for one of these brands and you do see a lot of loyal clients. And I think that um, a lot mm-hmm. of these brands will run like a gift with purchase. So you, you know, spend X amount of money and you get this free bag and items and everybody loves free, right? Especially when you're spending it's not really yeah. free because you're spending <laughs> you're spending a lot of money to get it. But um, I think it's um, just kind of an experience for people when they go to a Nordstrom or Macy's and, you know, get to shop right. around and, you know, pre-COVID. I don't know if they still do this, but, you know, they would get to have a little makeover. And anyway. Right. Um, on the other end of things, I don't know if you ran across this story about that elderly woman who um, she was like um, 79, I think. And she was just talking about how she went to her local mall and was approached by a salesman from a kiosk, like a cosmetic counter. And um, she ended up spending $25,000 on products and an expensive light treatment system and just was saying how she felt so manipulated and vulnerable. I don't know. Have you ever been ran up on by like somebody from a cosmetic counter? (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely. But my experiences have always been short. Like I say, no, I'm not interested. Or even like the perfume, like, no, I'm not interested in smelling it. And they just move on with their lives. But this story hit different because I think the salesperson may have grasped to her vulnerability and anxiousness and was like oh I think she'll buy if I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing Mm -hmm. and you know you never know what someone is dealing with why they're just staying there looking frantic or frazzled like she said in the story her daughter just died of a car accident she was grieving that 
and she felt vulnerable and didn't know how to say no. Even though right. she said no, like 50 to 60 times. It Literally. Like a, no, yeah. no, mm-hmm. no, no. But that salesperson should have taken that as like, okay, let me just stop. No Move means on no. to like someone else. And I feel like that is in like every aspect of life. No means no. Just move on. And the fact that she sued the company mm-hmm. and they still didn't give her any of her money back. They what they offered her like five thousand of it back, maybe, or ten thousand. Insulting. Absolutely insulting. Yeah. And it's it's just like, yes, you have a no refund policy. But the moral of it is, like, the principle of it is that it was forced. Yeah. Like, you can't. <laughs> Flat out, not right. I'll just say that. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say other than, like, you can't really force someone to buy something. Especially if you, like, as a sale, as a salesperson, I would think you can read the the environment, like, oh, she don't want to buy it. She's just staying because she's being nice or she doesn't really know how to walk away. Like, I probably would have just walked away after saying no, like, five times. This person probably really needed to meet their quota. (laughs) They were late in the month. (laughs) Not For real. Like, that commission was about to be... (laughs) (laughs) So they needed to pay some bills. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, they took advantage of a, a woman. They did. They did. Taylor, why do you think people are willing now more than ever to spend so much money on beauty products and treatments? Well, I mean, I feel like it always goes back to our state of the world, like with COVID happening. I think that Mm -hmm. took everyone for a loop and I think it's still taking people for a loop. And now with the war going on with Russia and Ukraine, like that can even be burdensome to some people, especially if they have family living there. So I think all in all, it goes back to how do you want to feel like on the inside? Sure. There are some people that are depressed, going through anxiety, and they don't know how to combat that. So they want to feel better. So they purchase things that make them feel better. And sometimes purchasing expensive items or going on a shopping spree, purchasing mm. that $2,000, $3,000 bag makes you feel better for a little bit. And I think that's why people are willing to purchase these expensive products because it just simply makes them look and feel good. Yeah. And I also think it has a lot to do with marketing, like these big beauty brands that are very expensive are now hiring beauty gurus and skincare gurus to market for them. And if they market for them, consumers are going to purchase them because they trust these people like Jeffree Star and James Charles. I used to watch them all the time or like Jackie Ina. I used to watch them on YouTube all the time. Jackie Mm -hmm. Ina says she she bought something, I was going to buy it. That's when I was in like my makeup days. I was going to buy it. I didn't care how much it cost. And that's just because you trust them. And you could also see what it looks like on their skin. So if it looks good on them, oh, it's going to look good on me. So let me just go ahead right. and purchase it. Right. Uh, so that's my take on it. That's why I think people are willing to shell out so much. I do too. I do too. I think um, people are also, you know, working crazy you know, hours and multiple jobs. 
and like you said, you know, it's all going back to all going back to COVID and just all the stress and all the different layers of of life and ultimately people want to feel good. People want to relax and kind of yeah. escape a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen so many people like even on TikTok they are like depressed, like I mentioned and most of their videos are makeup tutorials or like transformation videos like they're looking a hot mess one second and then the next second they like flip to like this whole beat face and like Mm -hmm. in the caption it says self-care or this is what I do for my mental health like people really believe that makeup or skincare well mostly makeup I see is kind of it's kind of like a mask where You put it on, it makes you feel good. Like, you're depressed and you want to stay home all day, but your girlfriends tell you, girl, get out of the house. Let's Mm -hmm. go out. Mm -hmm. And then you put on a full face of makeup, you know, your hair did, all that, and you automatically feel like a bad bee. You just do. Right. I mean, it's temporary, but you feel good. And sometimes people need that, like, instant gratification so that they can get over whatever they're dealing with at the moment. Totally. And then, you know, of course, they come back and they're all sad again, but it helps. Makeup just makes you feel different. I agree. What's cool, though, is looking back at what's come before us. And makeup and skincare has actually been around almost as long as human beings have. <laughs> like oh the, my gosh. the ancient Egyptians, you know, they were super creative with the materials that they had. Um, at the time, like uh, lead, almonds, animal fat and copper for Mm -hmm. like making eyeliner and stuff. The ancient Greeks and Romans. I mean, ancient China and Native Americans, they all had just used their resources and what they had at the time to Mm -hmm. make themselves feel good at the time. And I just think that's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, I could even flip the script and say that people in prison do the same thing yeah people see you can be so creative they make it work and they look beat like Mm -hmm. they make it work and it's it's to make them feel better while they are confined in this small space they'll do their makeup they'll make it they'll make it work out of like dye or whatever they do Mm -hmm. um and it goes to show you like expensive or not makeup makes you feel better. So it's so true. It's so true. And I was also thinking of another reason as to why people are willing to shell out so much for expensive beauty products. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the name. Um, Cause I was, you know, researching and the name of some of these products that are like a hundred to $300 the name alone and also the packaging makes you really, really want to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I was talking about that in a couple episodes back. Like, if they slap an avocado on the packaging or if it's green, yeah. people automatically think like, oh, it's healthy for my skin. Uh-huh. I need to buy it. I don't care how much it costs. So I was yeah, looking at some it. of the names and it's like Estee Lauder ultimate diamond transformative energy cream like that sounds expensive (laughs) it's a it's a mouthful yeah sure yeah or 
Lancer Legacy Youth Treatment. Like what? Mm-hmm. That that sounds expensive. And another one that I thought was so funny was Kanibo the Cream. Like it's just <laughs> the cream. The cream. It's, it's the one. The cream. Yep. It's that one. Yeah. I'm like, people are going to buy that if they're like, oh, that's the cream. Oh, what are you wearing on your face? The cream. People are going to be like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Which cream? Go and buy that. <laughs> yeah. The cream. That's it. So another one was La Prairie Platinum Rare Hot Rejuvenation Cream. Like, come on, dude. We should have like, like a three-word um, maximum on the on the right. title here. Like, imagine marketing that and getting mm-hmm. one of the names like out of place or something. Like, mm-hmm. come on, dude. I have a love-hate relationship with this one, but um, like when influencers, like for instance, um, the Ace family. I love them. I follow them. Um, Catherine, <laughs> I love the them mom. Too. <laughs> she just came out with her own skincare line. I don't know what she knows about skincare, but I think it's cool that she's, um, you know, kind of capitalized on her, on her followers. And obviously she like is into skincare. Um, I haven't personally tried it, but I think that's another like selling point for people is like, oh my God, I love her. I am going to love her creams. You know, (laughs) again, I'm not the person to, to buy that kind of stuff for the hype, but it's kind of cool that she, people like that get to connect with their followers in that way. Yeah. And now she's probably considered like a skin fluencer or. Right. And, right. You know, I love, I love the Ace family. Like I stopped watching them because I just stopped. But when they first came out, I was watching them like crazy. Every, every video <laughs> I was on it. But when I saw Catherine like come out with, that skincare line I automatically was just put off because I was like what do you know about skincare I've watched all of your videos and you have never talked about skincare I've seen you do makeup on your videos Mm -hmm. but no but then I looked it up I looked up her um she's got a lot of like herbal kind of things in her 1212 gateway yeah like 1212 gateway glow from within Uh, the packaging looks absolutely spectacular Mm -hmm. metal flower moisturizer galaxy foaming cleanser starseed eye cream and you know pretty fairly priced 37 24 31 so it's not like you know what you would think ace family prices would be Mm -hmm. is she sustainably um, sourced <laughs> I know. I don't know right? about like, that. I haven't checked. I I don't know, but like you said, people will buy it. Mm-hmm. I guess we can just wrap up the whole Catherine McBroom situation. I think it's like you mentioned, Alina. It's the name, and she's capitalizing off of that, and it's very very smart. And she also teamed up with a scientist, Hardip Kalsi, to create this brand. So it's not like she's just trying to put rinky dink products out there mm-hmm. she's really seems to care about the value of like her brand and what products are put into it so i applaud her for that but i think it's also like a smart business move like right. they come out with juice they come out with 
right. merch, you know, it's just business. It's just how the business industry works. But I agree, Taylor. I guess we can uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So how do you think listeners can achieve improved skincare and beauty benefits without breaking the bank? Overall, do you, your research, as always, if what you're doing isn't working, seek professional help. Even if you didn't go in for, you know, uh, an actual like treatment or the full skin analysis, ask a professional some questions. There's so many resources on the internet and myself even. Um, you can find me on Instagram at True Skin Lab. Um, connect with me, reach out, give me a follow. I follow back. Yeah, I mean, they could always ask you questions about, hey, my skin does this. What products do you recommend? Absolutely. And if I can't help, I will, you know, find a resource for you. Or I will I will do what I can. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just the beauty of social media nowadays. Like people can just message professionals and get an answer. Like, of course, some professionals may be like, uh, I need to see your skin first. I need to do a thorough skin analysis. But definitely. in general, this is what I would recommend. So most definitely. And just remember that just because it's pricey doesn't mean it's effective for you. It's a, It may be effective for other people, but everyone's skin is different. We all have, we all live different lives. Our environment's mm -hmm. all different. Our genetics are all different. So, and that's why I love beauty and skincare because it's very complex. Like there's no generalized treatment you can perform it's all going to be different. So just make sure that you do your research as always. I think that's pretty much it. I feel like that's always the answer. Uh, don't always look at the price tag, but just do your research and don't be afraid to ask questions. Yes and yes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Fearless Beauties podcast. Let us know what you think down below in the comments. Leave us a five-star rating while you're at it. Yes. And we are almost at 10,000 subscribers on our podcast. And once we hit 10,000, we will be doing a giveaway, which is so exciting. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Fearless Beauties. You can follow me, Taylor, at Taylor Budgets. And also Mary, who's not on this episode. You can follow her at your Etsy godmother. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Lena. <laughs> Thank you.